This week, we record our 100th episode with members from Bite Me Bambi. Stay tuned. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix. And wow, not a dad joke. Is that our new thing going forward? I just being sincere. um, I don't know. I thought I'd try something different rather than my normal stick. I like it. I like Uh, it. I mean, it probably won't continue. I just, oh, man. I I was running late with stuff today, so I forgot. And then I thought, oh, we well, got a big episode. This is a big episode. It's yeah. 100 episodes. I've yeah. been here for like, what, 76 of them? Something like that. Got and three uh, guests. Yeah. Awesome so, guests. So why don't you tell us who's here, RJ? Uh, we have Talina, Mike, and T-Bone Willie from the band Bite Me Bambi. I'm so excited to talk Yay. to Talina again and to Mike and T-Bone for the first time. And I'm drinking Diet Coke from my Bite Me Bambi cozy right now. Oh, awesome. Look at that. <laughs> Good use. Oh, man. <laughs> it just sits at my desk most of the time. I mean, not usually with the Diet Coke sitting in it, but. Well, you survived Summer Sizzler. You earned it. <laughs> it's true i did i did it was a good time so how is everything going for you all good yeah uh been busy (laughs) yeah yeah but we're good we're we're getting ready to go back into the studio at the beginning of march so we're excited about that we have really cool releases on the horizon coming up and uh we're still twitching three times a week so you never (laughs) you ever wonder where we are that's where we are. <laughs> There's no excuse to not to not see Bite Me Bambi in any weird shape or form. Little, you can see us three times a week for free on Twitch. So there it is. Awesome. You know what, RJ? I'm gonna throw us a curveball. I'm we're gonna start what? with the interview before Sky News because we got oh, a dude, lot of I'm questions. Down. We got a lot of yeah. questions. I, well, I mean, I have a whole five minute uh, slot. <laughs> dedicated to bothering Mike about my superhero just so you're prepared buddy so uh so we'll we'll get to Sky News towards the end of the episode uh so uh we can let anyone go if they need to but so here here's a first question so Talina's been on before so we'll talk to you in a second Talina but uh Mike and (laughs) Mike and T-Bone uh this is your first visit to On the Upbeat and we always start our interviews with this question is how did you get into ska music what is your ska origin story maybe some early bands you went to for cd you bought uh, mike why don't we start with you uh why don't you tell us just your ska origin story sure actually i i was a kid i was probably uh i mean i was a little kid i was probably like 10 years old or 11 years old and uh, i used to i've been riding motorcycles my whole life and i was riding dirt bikes in like gorman with my brother and a friend of our family and this girl came and she was like she was like in junior high probably or i don't know high school anyway she was like the old like wow hubba hubba man she was like hot and she had this asymmetrical like bob haircut and I just would talk to her the whole time because I just thought, you know, I was, I mean, I was smitten with her, obviously. And she's like, she said, uh, she showed me a picture of a boyfriend, just like surfer dude, but he had like this skinny tie on mm-hmm. and like this suit. And she goes, oh, he's ska. He's like, ska, he's like a rude boy. And I was like, I don't know what that is. That's amazing. I don't know what it is. But she liked him. And I thought, wow, that'll be cool. Then I kind of put it out of my mind. And when I was uh, 14 years old, I was at the Orange County Fair and I saw the Untouchables play and they just blew my mind. Like, 
And I remembered what ska was and I kind of put it in context and uh, seeing them play for, I mean, it was free, you know, and one of the side stages at the Orange County Fair, but it was absolutely amazing for me. And uh, that had to be 1980, well, 1989. I mean, that was a long time ago. And to see a band like that then at that time was amazing. And shortly after that, I saw Fishbone. I was like, uh, this is it, man. This is like, <laughs> this is incredibly, like, you couldn't pick a better time, I think, for ska music. I mean, there's been great times since then, but, sure. you know, with those bands at that time, it was, uh, it set the hook for me. I really, I really was into it. So, so that's my story. That's my origin story. So I don't know. So trying to impress someone brought you into ska music. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and actually we talked about this last, uh, the other night we were, Talina and T-Bone and I were uh, driving together and a madness song came on on the, but it was like the least ska uh madness album it was a uh, it was a uh, keep moving and it was wings of a dove was the song oh yeah and i remember that was the i, I knew madness was ska and i saw like that that vinyl at a thrift store and i had like a goodwill and i bought it for like you know whatever a dollar and i took it home and i put it on and i'm like Oh, this doesn't sound very, this doesn't sound like the Untouchables. <laughs> but we, we were joking about that the other night because he was playing it. I'm like, this is the first ska record I had. And T-Bone's like, that's not even a very ska record. I'm like, I know, right? It totally is. <laughs> right. right. T-Bone, what about you? How did you get into ska music? Uh, just like Mike, I mean, growing up in Orange County in the 80s, it was kind of a, the ska scene was small, but it was awesome. I mean, there were bands like No Doubt and The Donkey Show and Fishbone and The Untouchables. I mean, all those bands were playing like at least once, twice a month locally because they were all the local bands. And just being like a teenager in Orange County at the time, it was like, that's what you did. You went to local shows and you would go and you'd see people on stage and you'd be like, hey, I play trombone too. And there's a trombone player up on stage. I could do that too. And everybody was really accessible. It wasn't like the bands were elsewhere. I mean, they were in the crowd, you know, hanging out before and after the show. And, uh, you know, the scene was small back then. So a lot of the people in the crowd were also people in the bands too. So, you know, you just kind of grew up going to those shows. Um, I remember seeing the Skeletones back in the day. Um, just just a lot of the uh, Riverside, Orange County, LA bands. The scene was really good. I started playing in bands when I was like 13, 14. Um, in a crappy band in the garage and then um, started playing. Uh, we, we took a local punk band and the ska band that we had and we merged them together. <laughs> and then we got uh, Elise Rogers from Dancehall Crashers to be our lead singer. And we formed our first ska band and started playing shows locally. And from that- She wasn't point, in Dancehall Crashers yet, right? No, she, we, were, <laughs> we were called the mob. Um, and uh, that was kind of how it started for all of us. And we just, playing in ska bands ever since, you know, just being part of the local scene and, you know, yeah, I guess that's my origin story. Awesome. So you all went, uh, recently you did a, a tour in the Midwest. Um, how did that go? How did, uh, your stent out there in the Midwest go? Cold. Cold, yeah. <laughs> Lena can take that one. It actually went really well, but I'll let somebody else talk because I tend no, to talk. It was great. It was really awesome. It was great to see. You know, we interact with a lot of people online. Um, you know, because the internet's rad and Twitch is rad. So it was cool to like meet people in person who we sort of had seen, and then other people from Twitch that we'd known kind of flew out. Like Bambinos from all over the country came, which was pretty rad. Um, 
you know, great people, good food, but it was, uh, yeah, very cold. We California people are not prepared. <laughs> we walked from uh, Tebow and myself and then um, Edgar, who was subbing on sax for us, and Justice, who was subbing on drums. We went to lunch and we were walking to this record store because we were doing like a Twitch performance at this record store. And Timo goes, it's a mile. And we had just eaten like this huge meal. So also we're like, okay, that sounds great. We'll walk that mile. It was so cold. I stopped feeling my legs. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, dude. Isn't that great? At the same time that was happening, I I was driving Mashburn back uh, to that venue from like the hotel or wherever it was. And I just walked from where I parked the van to the to the thing and we passed this to, to the store and we were passing this like this like sandwich shop and both of us are like let's get some soup let's get in here it was so cold and we'd only travel we only walk like 100 yards <laughs> well and Devin k from uh like Devin k and the solutions and direct hit like Devin, he he like came to play with us at the record store he's like super it was super rad and you know he lives there and he was like oh yeah this is like not that bad like <laughs> we're like what are you talking about <laughs> we're all like traumatized yeah this sucks but yeah. whatever no the crowds but, were great so, though yeah crowds were great shows were rad the slackers were so sweet to take us uh with them and let us play with them it was really fun we got to play with rad people um so it was, it was really fun I do know uh, some fans of the band Coolidge. When you played with them, that was the first time they'd found out about Bite Me Bambi. And on the old Johnny Sacco forums, which I'm still on, everyone was like, does anyone know this band? This, this band is great, you know, and like Aww. sharing the videos and stuff. So That's yeah, you reached some new fans. They were awesome. They were really sweet to us. And just to, that that band was, I remember Johnny Sacco being incredibly good. Yeah. Um, and, and that band, just seeing them still doing it and, and they played in that we played in this um punk rock night at selena what was the bar called i forget melody in melody in, so yes. rad. and they, they were awesome they were melody in was they were just really great it, it was a really cool like uh like a diy type of show you know like we used to do back in the day you know when we were all starting out and uh it was real dude the people couldn't have been nicer and have Coolidge play was, dude, they were just great. I mean, they they were just incredibly good and really gracious people. And then even in the other cities, and we played with the Free Coasters uh, in Ann Arbor and also in Chicago. No, no, just in Ann Arbor. And then we played with uh, the Operators, and I mean, dude, and Boomtown United. They were really, really good uh, in Chicago, and everybody was really cool. And they helped us, like, share their gear with us and, you know, rode out with us all the time. They were just, it was <laughs> It reminded me of uh, old school ska scene stuff, you know, as they were just really cool. Was there anything from this particular tour uh, timeout that you learned from maybe next time going out again, uh, besides maybe not visiting the Midwest in November? Uh, <laughs> is there anything, was there any sort of takeaway like that as far as touring goes? I don't know, things we wouldn't do? I don't know. I mean, no, no I mean, not things we wouldn't do. I mean, maybe... Wouldn't leave my jacket in the hotel. Uh, <laughs> hundred miles away from my jacket. That's pretty. It was a pretty successful uh, a tour. I mean, we it, and there was a it's very chill and awesome. You know, yeah, we're kind of a drama free kind of group, so it was great. And then you know, my only rule is I I usually find a couple of tiki bars wherever we go, and we found a the Inferno Room in Indy with Indianapolis, which was really great. That so. was rad. Now, they're not paying us to say that. Please go visit the Inferno Room. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So how does Bite Me Bambi decide on its sound? You know, I know Talina and Brian uh, write, you know, the songs. But overall, 
I'm sure everyone has a little bit of input. So how does that sort of bite me Bambi sound come out of a group of six people? Seven? Six? Seven. 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 Okay. Math is hard. Um, (laughs) But how does that sound come out of seven people, you know, in unison? Pauline is the songwriter. Yeah, but her. Is, <laughs> well, I don't know. You guys, I don't know. I've been on this podcast before. I'm trying not to be like, oh, me. Um, but <laughs> I guess, I don't know. The way it kind of works is like either MASH or I will have an idea and we'll sort of work it out. Um, MASH is great at making demos. <laughs> I am not. So um, he'll sort of make the demo and then um, I'll lay down vocals and then we sort of send to everybody and then everyone can sort of ruminate on their parts and what they want to do. And, um, then we sort of all come together and try to run the songs. And usually we do rhythm section first and then and horns later. Um, but then recently we've been doing more stuff where um, we did the song, we did a cover of, uh, I think I'm allowed to talk about this. We did a cover of uh, Police and Thieves uh, that we're releasing with Stay Free Records. Um, in conjunction, look, I'm just like plug, plug, plugging. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the B good. side, the A side is um, uh, our song Crazy that was uh, remixed by Lee Scratch Perry. Um, oh, it was nice. the last track he did um, before he passed away suddenly. So that was like such an honor and amazing. I couldn't believe that like he actually heard a thing I made. It was like insane. Um, but so, but with like Police and Thieves, we didn't have a lot of time because we were like, okay, what's the B-side going to be? And we all sat together in a room and just like worked it out. And I think it's one of the best things we've ever done. And I think it really was that we just sat there together and like worked it out it was kind of like no one can leave the room until this song is done so everyone put on your thinking caps and you know i was uh you know giving dan drum fills by going you know but he's like what are you talking about but i think everybody sort of brings their influence and and their ideas it also helps when you have uh I think you have a musicians who played in other bands for so long that it's like, you know, it, it's kind of ego free. Like you go into it knowing I, I know what my part is, you know, the, of this band. So I know like if you, it's, it's allowing room for others to kind of contribute and do all that. And I think we're really good at that. So that tends to tend, tends to help out. You know, it's like some, you, you just, you got to kind of find your kind of get in where you fit in, you know, and, and yeah. if you can add something great, and that's kind of how we approach all of it. Cause realistically, you know, the songs, you know, the songs are good on their own. They'd be good acoustic. Um, so they're they're I think they're really good pop songs and they just happen to be ska pop songs. So right. they end up working good. So you don't try to shove in a 45 minute, you know, uh, keyboard solo. I would be outvoted immediately. <laughs> They'd be like this. Yeah, lay it down. No. No, so they would they would basically pull a mic on me and be like, yeah, lay that down. And then we go to edit everything. They're like, okay, cut it. (laughs) Cut that thing down. (laughs) And I'll be like, I thought I played more of that. Like, no, that's what you did. It's great. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Um T-Bone and Mike, uh, you both came up in ska bands in the mid and late nineties. How does the ska scene today? sort of compare to then is it any different is it the same well one thing that i've always noticed because again i've actually been in the scene not to date myself but i've been in it since the early 80s or not so early mid 80s and so i've noticed throughout my time with ska that it it fluctuates there you know when i first got into the scene a big show was 200 people Mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like we're at that phase now where a big show now is 200 people um and of course, I was there during the early 90s when it started to grow. 
and you know and then the late 90s when it really just exploded but yeah i mean the people that are into it are way into it and pop culture has no idea what it is right now and that's cool and will pop culture know what it is again in the future who knows but you know i've been playing it you know as long as i've been playing music and i'll always be playing it and it's just it's what we like so you know i, I think the scene has changed um i think when it's really big um it has its advantages it also has its disadvantages where the scene tends to fragment and people don't like other genres and it's very we like this sound and we don't like that sound and when the scene's small everybody's just grateful to have a show to go to and right. i kind of feel like we're at that phase right now where you can like the aquabats and you can like hepcat and it's cool everybody gets along you know and it's when it's really big those scenes tend to not like each other you know and it's just you know it's where we're at right now yeah i agree with that i think that there's there's different parts where it's it's uh uh there's how can i say it there's i think t-bone hit it on the head where it, it our scene is too small for it to be fragmented at all you know what i mean and i think that that's the only difference now or i think more than ever is that is that there's you, know, you might have people that criticize the 90s or, or criticize bands from the East Coast or Orange County or whatever it is and kind of get segmented like that. And it's just, I think that's dumb because it's all, it's all, we're, this is a, this is a, a unity genre. You know what I mean? This yeah. is why we're all in it. So uh, I honestly, I had just as much fun going to see the Specs or the Untouchables uh, as I did going to see Robic Fish uh, as, a, you know, um, later on. Uh, so I think that uh, I don't think there's really it, in our genre. I think there's no room for any kind of segmentation anymore. And I think that it's like, I think people really uh, they get into it because they love it. And I think you know, if if you have time to kind of hate on a specific time or or a specific evolution of the genre, then it's like I think you're in it for the wrong reasons, man. <laughs> you know, like we're all on this yeah. to play together and and to do rad stuff. And that's our mission statement for Bambi is we just want to do 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 rad stuff. Like have good have great experiences. That's literally our our motto is we want to have rad experiences. Whether that means doing a Lee Scratch Perry tune one day and then playing with a punk band or playing with a Latin ska band or or whatever or hell doing a show where a drag queen hosts it. And you've got <laughs> you know scott klopenstein playing who's amazing but you'd be hard pressed to find a ska song in that set you know yeah, he was yeah. doing a lot of songs that were, i mean using his dynamic range and his voice it was pretty awesome you know it's pretty awesome that we could all do that and that's kind of what we're all about we're we're all about positivity and and welcoming everybody and uh you know and that's i think that's what the scene if it if it isn't about it anymore that's where it started out so that's where we're keeping it <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's what really attracted me to Scott when I was younger was that camaraderie is that that in the power pop scene where I grew yeah. up just total like you could hug the band like after the show say great show and everyone was like everyone was like friends. And that's I'm glad that that's kind of back because I saw it because I got it in the sky like about 94 uh, and I saw it like get big and fragment a bit and I was always like, but no, I, I still like all of these bands I don't I don't get why you wouldn't like some and it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and it, it is nice to see it like come back down to like be like unity, but I, I wish everybody's making a lot of money and I wish everybody had a million fans. Uh, but I do like the unity aspect that we have now 
We just need to keep that going. But RJ, just to be up. just to be clear, it's still COVID, so you can't hug anyone. Well, right no, now. <laughs> I as now that I'm older and I'm not like you know the same age as bands, like I don't think that would that's so cool to have like this 40 year old guy but like when everybody's in their 20s and we're all like yay sky yay true Um, yeah yeah all right i always ask people i'm like i'll hug you are you cool with a hug (laughs) yeah no i'm midwest so yeah of course yeah (laughs) all right rj here, here's your five minute segment oh so i had to to set aside a five minutes Yep. Mike, he's wow, going to ask okay. you about a whole bunch of my superhero like stuff. My superhero stuff. So, in <laughs> hey, every, my everybody the, immediately, everybody turns off. <laughs> Go oh. Fast forward. 15 I think, seconds. I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> so, uh, my superhero, you played accordion in my superhero. What attracted you to start playing that instrument? Um, well, uh, uh, the truth is, uh, a salesman came to my house. No joke. Uh, I lived in Anaheim. I lived about a mile from where I live now. And, uh, a salesman came to my house. He sold my mom on like some free lessons or whatever. And like he said, I oh, will give you three free lessons to four free lessons or whatever. And he got my mom and my sister actually both play the accordion as well. And wow. uh, they were, I, I was, yeah, I was like four years old. I was a baby, like tiny. And uh, so they drag, they would go to these, turns out the guy who, uh, my dad's from Brooklyn and uh, the guy who owned the studios, his name was Milton Mann. He was like a vaudevillian star, like in like my my dad knew him they were like buddies from brooklyn like from my dad was old he was born in the 20s so like these so these guys knew each other and so my da- my dad got a deal on like some accordions through the guy which is where they make their money their money is we'll give you free lessons but then we got to sell you this accordion it's like four grand for the accordion yeah so anyway uh i got into it that way and the guy sold my mom by saying if you get your kids to play the accordion they can literally play anything and that's pretty true, I would say. But I resented playing it for a long, long time. And then we were all forming. Um, I was in a band called the Schmedleys uh, before my superhero, and uh, we were look. We were just friends that wanted to play together, which I think is how most ska bands start. <laughs> like we just wanted to play together. And I had sang in a previous band before that, and uh, and I played guitar as well. I was playing. I was played bass in a different band. And they're like, "Well, we already had a great guitar player, and we had a." a you know, we'll have Mike sing, but we'll have a great guitar. We already have a great guitar, we have a great bass player. Like, what else could you do? And I said, like, I, I played the accordion and they all flipped out. They were like, I had no idea. <laughs> and I pulled this thing out. We just kind of, you know, we just used the accordion. And, and so it, it worked out better than having horns because horn players, you know, they were few and far between back then. We didn't have the bump of the 90s ska scene behind us to like, get all these horn all these guys from band that wanted to play horns in bands like we didn't have them I, we actually had a guy that we, we tried to get horns in my superhero and we had a dude that was a uh, vietnamese like gangster no joke and he and he he was good but he wanted uh, me and brian gilmore to cash bad checks for him <laughs> like fraudulent wow. checks it's like so he was out and then the other guy that we had his name was phil he, we went to high school with him he said no because he had just gotten a promoted as a manager of a pizza hut and he just couldn't take the time <laughs> <That's> time for <laughs> scott <laughs> okay uh, so i actually think your origin story to playing the accordion is literally the same origin story of weird al oh is it really i i i i'm almost positive that he started playing the accordion because a salesman came to the door Dude, to his can parents. Can you imagine how aggressive that salesman had to be, like, going door to door? Like, shit. It's like, got this heavy-ass thing he's carrying with him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah, hey, maybe that might have been the thing. I mean, I know they were franchised. The Milton Man Studios were franchised. Yeah, and Weird Al grew up in the L.A. area, so, you know, maybe. (laughs) I have no doubt. I have no doubt it's similar. Yeah. yeah, So (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, so I I was, uh, I I always say I was a kid, but I was probably like 19. Uh, I started a band with like all my best friends. And I was supposed to be the keyboard player because I was a guy who kind of knew keyboards, but I, we were poor. Uh, so we went to the local uh, pawn shop and I bought an accordion for $160, which we all kind of like chipped in to get me that accordion. So then all of a sudden we find my superhero like, oh, they're actually doing Scout with accordion. But we, our problem What's was- Was the name of your band S&M and M&M's? Was that- No, I, I, I know those guys though. Okay, that guy <laughs> I was did accordion back, in the day. back then, yeah. Um, uh, we we used to talk to them and uh, oh, there's some other cat I can't remember Logan Whitehurst Jr. Like the three of us, our bands used to like chat on. Anyway, besides the point. So we're just like, oh man, so we could do a ska band, but by that point we couldn't hold down like a guitar player. So we're just like, screw it. We got a bunch of horns and an accordion, a drummer and a bass player. Let's just do our own thing. Um, yeah. But I used to. They could do used... quinceaneras, or they could do ska music. <laughs> <laughs> the horn players and the drummer did a couple weddings, actually. With... <laughs> To be honest, what I'm hearing, Mike, is that you got had for a four thousand dollar accordion. Yeah. <laughs> you came down for hundred forty dollars. Seriously, I don't know. I don't. It's all marketing because now people give me accordions. Like, no, I probably have ten. There's so many at the lockout. Who needs so an accordion? We have so many at the lockout. We have so many, and and it's like, dude, what's this? We shit. Those are my accordions. <laughs> look at them three times a week without fail <laughs> gotta look at you three times a week wow. uh, <laughs> all right bam, buy me bam he's breaking up <laughs> oh, no. so anyway uh me and these guys that are in the band we went to warp tour uh 99 and all oh, of a yeah. sudden we're you there, all yeah. were playing and i it was like they were passing it out on a flyer like yeah come yeah, see my superhero our thing. we used to fly yeah. the whole crowd yeah yeah because this was up in chicago and after the show, you were mod by like five weird guys being like, oh, my God, we love your band so much. And we took pictures with all of you. You called one of our friends who couldn't make it and left a message on his answer oh, yeah. machine. Yeah, I totally remember that. I totally and then that. we all went out after the show to the Cracker Barrel to get dinner yes, together. That's, yes, that's so true. That's great. And yeah, that was a really good meal. That was yeah. like one of the best meals. <laughs> I was living on got, snow cones then. Yeah, here's the oh, photographic evidence wow. of me and you hanging out of Ant's store. Wow. Wow. Wow, dude. so many questions about Wait, that. Wait, I'm being ambushed now. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's that's definitely wow. the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to have to put that online so fans can Those see Arnett it. Arnett glasses. <laughs> I have that picture somewhere. Our expanded shirt. The lanyard that's totally yeah. me that's totally and me. i like my big old aquabats fan wearing my lab coat yeah oh yeah yeah i thought you were parker that's why <laughs> <laughs> no that was a fun time that always stuck with like me and my friends i think the lab jacket i think you signed it and you drew the my superhero i probably did I, I used to write on people's t-shirts instead of yeah. signing something i would write on their i would cross a band out and write our name <laughs> Blink-182, brand new shirt. Nope, my superhero. <laughs> nice. But that, that was me, like, nerding out about my superhero. I once tried to go see you guys in Iowa City, but you weren't on that tour, and I got nope. kind of upset until Edna's Goldfish played, and I was like, ah, I got to see Edna's Goldfish, so. <laughs> yeah, my good. car got repossessed. I had to stay home. Oh, <laughs> shit. That sucks, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
now I'm bringing up bad memories. I'm sorry. Hard times. That one. Hard times. No, it's all right. Good job, all right, RJ. All right, let's move on with my superhero. Uh, with the with the Bambi, Bambi interview, I'm done feeling like I'm a superhero. Thank you so much for allowing me to do that. Though. Wow, T-Bone, that was a rad picture. That <laughs> was bad. That was like the best. <laughs> T-Bone, oh, how did you get into playing the trombone? Um, well, when I was a little kid, my grandparents used to play big band music all the time. And I just remember really liking Glenn Miller and Count Basie and all that stuff. And so when I got in school, I was like, oh, you know, something I wanted to do. So joined band just like everybody else and started playing. And, you know, like I always tell people, like being in Orange County in the, you know, in the 80s, it's like just Fender's Ballroom and the Roxy and the Whiskey and so many of the concert venues in the area were just every month there was at least four or five ska shows. And so just started playing in bands and, you know, just kept doing it and kept doing it and been doing it ever since really haven't stopped since. Yeah. Any, uh, any advice for someone wanting to learn to play the trombone? Well, first off, you have to have long arms that that's kind of a prerequisite. (laughs) So if you don't have long arms, you should probably play trumpet or sax or something Mm -hmm. else. But I mean, other than that, you know, a musical instrument's just like learning a language. You just got to put in your 10,000 hours and just put in your time, you know, and just do it because you want to do it and you're just trying to have fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, I tell people with ska music, you know, we were playing ska music before it was popular, you know, with Say Ferris. I mean, that's what we were playing. You know, we didn't care if we were trying to get on the radio or whatever. And then it would, when it became popular, it was like, cool, great. This is awesome. And then when it stopped being popular, we kept playing ska because it's just, the music we like, you know, we grew up with it and we love it. And I don't think that's ever going to change for us. We'll be playing ska as long as we can. Awesome. That's, that's good to hear. Um, Mike, you were a producer on, um, uh, pick it up in the nineties or ska, pick it up in the, I getting it all crazy messed up. <laughs> yes. Pick it up that ska in the nineties. <laughs> Yes. The documentary. Uh, how did you get connected with that? And overall, what was your sort of like role in that? So I really didn't have much of a role. Uh, I just wrote checks. So <laughs> no, uh, no. Basically, uh, I found out Tyler was doing that, or Taylor was doing. Sorry, Taylor was doing that. Sorry, man. Sorry, t- Taylor. <laughs> Taylor was doing the the movie, and um, he was he was telling you know I I talked to him before he had his GoFundMe, and he's like, well. I want to do this GoFundMe, whatever, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to raise any money or whatever. And uh, so I talked to him and I thought I didn't, I kind of wanted to be involved just because I wanted to kind of, I just wanted to do something. I wasn't really, Bambi was just forming and I hadn't really been in the ska scene in a while. I hadn't really contributed anything and I felt like I hadn't contributed anything. So I, I, I wanted to kind of, at least make sure the movie got made. Like that was my thing. Like, how do we get this made? And how do we get the story told so that my mom can watch it on Amazon prime. My mom's 80 years old, but she can watch it on Amazon prime and be like, Oh, that's what you were doing. You know? Cause she has no idea. You know, I was thinking about legacy. And so I, uh, I called him up and I thought, well, if Taylor, if, if this guy's kind of a jerk or whatever, then I won't, I won't contribute. I won't do anything. But we actually talked for like three hours and we had so much in common with different, parts of the ska scene and kind of looked at it the same way and so i just contributed some money early and you know and 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 hooked him up with a bunch of contacts that he may not have had um you know and, and he had some big contacts already i mean he had he had uh tim and and he had uh eddie and george voodoo and he had a uh, christian uh but a lot of the smaller and bands he didn't have and like john panel and people like that john mm. you know uh 
I felt it was a, I, I actually felt that the you can't tell the Orange County ska scene without uh, John Panel, who promoted a lot of those shows in the 90s. So it was that like trying to fighting just for content is is really and it wasn't a fight. I mean, it was it, the movie the movie's only going to be an hour and hour and 40 minutes long or whatever. So right. we had to you know, we had to cut out a lot. There's a lot that's cut out. So yeah. um, but that was my goal. I, I really just wanted to contribute a verse to that to that story and uh and was able to contribute in that way and 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 anytime he had an issue with um i don't know some access or or a phone number or flyers some of the flyers if you notice a lot of the flyers in there they have like my superhero on them a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the photos and stuff it's it, it just contributing things as, as we could you know here and there and that's that's a uh, and then the, the and we all know the the gofundme ended up becoming pretty successful with it uh right. so that really helped but uh, in the early, you know, there's a saying in politics and businesses and everything else, it's uh, early money is like yeast. It helps raise the dough. And that's kind of what it was. You needed some early money there to help raise that dough for that thing. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm glad we got it made. So yeah. I'm glad that story is told. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you heard of any chances of a part two? Because I feel like some, for some reason, I feel like there should be a part two. Not so much in the 90s. But. I, I haven't heard that, but that doesn't mean it's out of the question. I mean, I think, I think you could do, pick it up scott and the you know for for the latin community you could do it for you know whatever i think sure i think yeah. it, i i think i don't know that i don't know that taylor has the bandwidth because he's doing other things <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i'd be down to support that too yeah cool um uh t-bone when you uh because i was at the premiere and so i know you all were at the premiere as well when you watched that did that did the did you, did you feel the film overall represented sort of that time frame yeah, well. I thought they did. I thought they did a great job. Um, the actual premiere was a really fun experience. I know Talina and I went together, and Mike too. And um, it it, it kind of felt like a high school reunion a little bit. There yeah. were a lot of people that you hadn't seen in a long time. Um, I remember we parked the car, and then as we were walking to the theater, we had to walk past the line of people waiting to get in. And I couldn't go ten steps without running into somebody from Hepcat or somebody from, you know, Bucko Nine, or somebody from a band from, you know, back in the day that we used to play with all the time that I hadn't seen in, you know, 15 years or whatever. And the whole night was like that. Like, it was just a really fun night. Um, it was neat to see all your peers and everybody that we all grew up with together up on the big screen. Everybody yeah. was cheering for each other. It was just a real fun night. Um, and I think we all really enjoyed it. We had a really good time and, and I thought that story did a really good job of encapsulating the nineties. Um, Cause there are a lot of people that weren't there that want to know about the stories and that's a pretty cool way to kind of share the story. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I mentioned this to Talina one time, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, and I think I've talked about it on this podcast, but T-Bone, I wanted to make you aware that, uh, Safe Ferris is slightly responsible for my wife and I meeting, actually, okay. um, because so in It Means Everything album, uh, the Orange County Supertones are thanked by someone. I forget who off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And so my wife, you know, looking for other ska bands, as you did back in the day, she goes and looks for she finds Orange County Supertones. And then she goes, uh, after that, goes into a, a chat room, you know, back in the day of when AOL chat rooms were still a thing. And uh, and just was like any any Orange County Supertones fan. And since I was one, that's sort of like how we connected. So, uh, yeah, Safe Ferris is definitely an important part of our story 
and you know and so i really loved listening to say ferris growing up and uh, oh, that's great and Thanks. uh i wanted to ask you and i mean maybe i'm crazy um to sort of uh because i didn't put this in the notes but i kind of wanted to ask like how did the song um uh come on eileen end up being like sort of the standout how, how did it become something that you guys wanted to cover at the time um well we've been playing locally i mean it, um in like 95 96 when the band first started and we were starting to build the ska scene was getting big no doubt was a thing sublime was a thing like ska yeah. in general in orange county was just you know it was really starting to take off um and we were kind of one of the bands that um we practiced a lot we uh, were really tight we played a lot of shows so i think we kind of started rising above some of the other local bands because we were just really putting in the time really just getting our show tight and stuff and it's always good to throw a cover in to kind of bring in some new people that don't know who you are that might have a song that grabs somebody's ear and just kind of hey i know this song and then they can kind of pull them into your other song and the rest of your catalog and so I remember we were all at my house. Um, I used to live in a house in Garden Grove called the Starpool House where we used to have crazy parties and just that was the hangout spot for the band. And I remember we were just working on a bunch of different covers and we were like, all right, let's try and figure out something to add to our set. Um, I really wanted to do Love Cats by The Cure. That was a song that I was really pushing for, um, but we just couldn't seem to get it to work with our sound. And then um, Monique showed up with a sheet music for Come On Eileen and was like, I really want to do this song. And we were all kind of like, okay. And so she just basically dropped the sheet music in the middle of the room and then left. And then we sat there for a couple of hours working out the arrangement and figuring out the keys and the horn parts and everything. And then she came in and laid her part in and we were like, oh, this sounds great. And we added it to our set. And, you know, you kind of know pretty quickly when you add a song to your set, if it just gets the crowd moving and just becomes that song for you. And so pretty quickly we realized, oh, this is the song we end our show with because it just brings the house down. When you play that song, just everybody just goes nuts. Yeah. And the label, when we signed a record deal, the label was kind of like, all right, this is going to be a big song for you guys. And so when we recorded it, released it, did a music video for it. And just, you know, it was one of those songs that just always was a big song for us. Yeah. I remember, I don't think I'd, I don't think at the time I had heard the original uh, but I remember hearing the original and I still occasionally the original still pops up on like my Spotify radio and stuff like that. Sure. And it's it is a really, really catchy song. And, you know, you got, you guys are obviously playing it a lot faster, but mm-hmm. it's just a really catchy song. And then to bring in, you know, uh, sort of the ska sound and you guys always had kind of like a swing sound in it, too, kind of. And I, I think that also set you guys apart. Um, yeah, if you look on our first EP, we always uh, called ourselves Ska Pop Swing, and we just kind of blended the three sounds. Because, um, I mean, we always tried to, you know, Brian Mashburn's the primary songwriter of the band, and he grew up really into 80s pop of, like, um, Duran Duran and Prince and, like, you know, uh, uh, I know Eurasia's a big influence for him. I mean, he's just into a lot of pop music. Um so he always brings in those hooks and those melodies. And that's part of the reason why that sound is, I think, still uh, still there with Bite Me Bambi. I mean, our songs are really catchy, really hooky. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a big part of our sound for sure. 
Yeah, I definitely, uh, yeah. I, I would argue that Bite Me Bambi has the hookiest hooks in Ska. I think the only, I'm going to be honest, I think the only band that might put you in a run for your money is Millington, because uh, they have some really hooky horn lines. I love Millington. Bite Me Bambi still wins. <laughs> I said, Hookiest my... Hooks actually is the name of our new record. <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible. You guys are intuitive. <laughs> well, I always say there's two types of bands or two types of musicians. There's a type of musicians who are just superior and technical and just very a musician's musician. Um, I can go watch, you know, go to a jazz club and watch people rip that are just amazing. And then there's people that are entertainers, you know, that sure they're they can play their instrument and they can do their parts or whatnot, but they're there to entertain the crowd. And yeah. I kind of felt like we always had a good blend where we had the songs that could catch people's attention, entertain people. But then we put on the live show that just, you know, make people dance and sweat and walk away having a good time. And that was always the blend that we always tried to find with Safe Ferris. Um, I know we did that. We tried to do the same thing with Starpool and with Bite Me Bambi. That's same thing also where it's like you want the hooks to grab people and bring them in. Yeah. And then it's all about Talina being the front person to put on the show and just, you know, make people do what she wants when they're out in the crowd dancing and having a good time, you know? Oh, stop. I mean, Mike's 45 minute keyboard solo, he keeps trying to wedge in there. And, uh, <laughs> really what's bringing the, the house down. At the yeah. end of the it show. might. If you just gave it a chance. If you just gave it a chance. <laughs> you never know what might click with an audience. You never know. Yeah, buy me Bambi with accordion. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, we got plenty of them. I mean, we could use. We could. What if we all played the accordion? There's another. I'll, I'll bring mine to the enough. next time I see you. I, I There's seven it. accordions. Remember when I was talking about musician musicians? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, ouch, ouch to all of us. Uh, okay. I never claimed to be good. Neither did I. Um, I feel this question might be for you, Mike. Uh, this comes from our friend, the Rudy Librarian. Uh, they want to know. Uh, what's the perfect drink to go with your next single uh, that you're releasing? And what is the next single you're releasing? <laughs> is, I guess oh, well, <laughs> okay. So I, I have both of those answers. Uh, so the, You do? Well, no, actually, I don't. I don't have the single, actually. I'm sorry. I don't have that. Uh, yeah, I think I it was... Drink, <laughs> developing a drink for Bambi called the Bambi Bite, which is, uh, you know, and I can put that those ingredients up there. I have to, my whole thing with everything that I do, it has to be really approachable. So if any of our cocktail, like we have our show or see you next Tuesday, Twitch show, where we do mm -hmm. cocktails. And a lot of people have hit me up saying that the cocktails are too easy or whatever. And they're designed to be that way. They're designed to be that everybody can kind of make them, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but the Bambi bite, I actually want to have that at every show. I want to have it like at the bar we'll have, the Bambi cocktail that we can have. And I even got it worked out. So that is the appropriate cocktail uh, to have for any new single for Buy Me Bambi. Oh, <laughs> Just <awesome>. because. Vice, <laughs> Not Vice, I feel like. Fear Not Vice is absolutely the like, go-to though. You had these lofty ideals of like, I'm going to make a Bambi cocktail at every show. And instead we're like calling the menu going like, do you have Smear Not Vice? <laughs> <laughs> we have exactly. to have it there or else no, like, I, it doesn't work. Yeah. For Summer Sizzler, I told them, three four months in advance you have to have smeared off ice there you got to have smeared off ice they trust me you're gonna it. need it and they didn't believe me and the day of they had to send somebody across the street to costco <laughs> to load up on smeared off ices so and i was like who, who am i kidding our people are gonna bring them in anyway they're gonna yeah. smuggle them in anyway. <laughs> and there was 
no bottles in that venue. And at the end of the right. night, I was there, the last guy in that venue. I walked out. There's bottles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, you give you give Orange County kids Anaheimers or whatever. It's I I, I love being the culture of Anaheim. It's like we're just DIY people, but the ethos it kind of is a DIY culture here. And yeah, people will find a way to get exactly what they want for not spending much money. <laughs> <laughs> so smear off ice, please. But you know. Let's be real. They're not going to sponsor a band, I guess. So forget them. <laughs> they said our drink is, we don't like our drink being viewed as a punishment. Yeah. Mm. They don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Which it kind of is. Let's be real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't, I don't come home at night and crack open a smear and I have eyes and like put my feet up and watch Cheers reruns. I'm like, no way, man. I'm not drinking that stuff. <laughs> it's a punishment. All right. Um, how has Twitch grown your fan base? That's I, a funny question. I'd say it's uh, it's really made our fan base uh, like what's the word? I would say come together. We're very much like a family. I was getting all mushy on the stream on Sunday um, about how just it's so cool to like. It's become its own thing. Like right, like people come to Twitch because they want to see us play music or do whatever, and then we start with our own inside jokes and we have all these like crazy stories and shenanigans and then people get on our discord and they start you know finding people that like the same video games that they like and now they're playing video games together we have a channel where everyone's just talking about baseball and you know whatever it's it's so everybody sort of gets to find other things that they have in common and make friends and i think that's really cool and like everyone is so positive and so nice we've like never had any a-holes like everyone's rad and then, you know, we do things like the Summer Sizzler where people fly out and all get to hang out together and ice each other in the parking lot of the venue. I mean, you didn't hear me And say hang that. out and go have meals. Like before the Summer Sizzler, I was getting texts from Jamie from our number one Bambino extraordinaire uh, merch person and head person in charge. And she was texting me like, oh, we're all over here at like two o'clock pre-gaming at this place then we're gonna go over here go over there and then we're gonna hit the show i'm like dang dude these guys yeah then we did like karaoke with everybody and we went to a brewery like it's just really rad and then what's cool is when we travel and like we played in chicago and people flew out there and then everyone got to hang out together and it's cool to see people who like maybe met because of bite me bambi make really rad friendships and people have said really you know just lovely things about like oh this helped me through like the pandemic and it helped me through the pandemic you know me being too. able to yeah. do it you know, there's this like super, like not super scary looking, but this like tough like security guy in Chicago. And I went to walk backstage, and I thought he was gonna stop me. And he went, "Your streams really got me through the pandemic." And I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> like, you know, it 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 helped all of us. It kept us all sane, and in the end, we all made really rad friends. So, and people are always joining up, and I always tell people like, you know, these are rad people to be friends with. Like, come hang, come join our Discord. Come to Sizzler and eat meatball tacos and drink <laughs> Zinfandel. What's, what's <laughs> funny is the littlest things that people grab onto. I mentioned Sizzler once or twice. You know, it's like I grew up going to Sizzler. That's where we went. Like if you had a nice meal out, it was at Sizzler. And so it was tongue in cheek, kind of a joke. In between actually Jamie and I, it was a kind of a tongue in cheek kind of a joke about how much we like Sizzler. And it just grew, man. It, it became this its own thing. So it's it's real. The love for Sizzler for me is real. Like that's real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not an act. <laughs> I never. Yeah, I I love Sizzler. That I was the same way. Like, like fancy. It's birthday dinner for dad. Go to Sizzler. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. I used to say like if it was uh, if it was if you you didn't go out at all, 
and it's uh if you did go out you kind of went to mcdonald's or maybe like sure or, my dad was pioneer chicken he loved pioneer chicken so yeah. like he would go there right that would be like our every once in a while treat during the week but if it was a special occasion graduation eighth grade graduation <laughs> you know mother's day shit bro you yeah. went that <laughs> you're going to sizzler yeah i feel like i missed out no sizzlers where i grew up oh. they have bonanza it's the same thing <laughs> oh, i would go to ponderosa steakhouse ponderosa was, same yeah, thing same, yeah. very similar very similar. when i was little um they actually lied to me when we went to visit my grandma in new mexico my parents lied to me and told me there were no sizzlers in new mexico because they did not want to take me to a sizzler because they knew that's what i was going to ask to go to which is like so weird like why do we all love sizzlers? i guess it's just great but yeah people you know just you know, grab onto some of that funny stuff and our fans are so talented like they make rad art like everyone in the bambino fam like yeah. makes rad art and like or they're so funny like one of like one time mike was like singing god bless america and he changed the lyrics to mango that i love totally random and it made sense in the moment and then the next day we go to a sizzler hangout and like one of our, our bambinos jason like literally has a shirt that says like mango that i love i'm like how did you come up with that so fast it's so funny yeah it's his mango that i love and it's like a quote like mike B. <laughs> Dude, that's like, everyone's like everyone's so cool i just love hanging out with everybody we had a guy give us we have to figure out how to ship them uh but we had a guy give us uh pint glasses with our with our uh logo on them which was really cool right uh but I thought he had a box of them and he's like, oh yeah, there's, there's three dozen in the box. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks, dude. And he goes, oh wait, no, there's eight more boxes. <laughs> so we've got. There's no rad though. You got to give Matt credit somewhere. You got to give him credit. He's, dude, he's, he's rad. Awesome. He's really awesome. I mean, you know, and his come from is like, hey dude, I want to support the band. And, and I had these glasses and, you know, I know the guys who could do this. So it's a way for you guys to sell them and make money and, and keep going on, you know, have a merch item. I was like, that's really sweet. You know, that's yeah. really, that's brass tacks helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah. People feel like they have ownership, I think in a way, like I love when they will say like, we like, oh, we, yeah. we got on this podcast or like we did yeah. this thing. And it's just like, it's right. Cause we did it together. It's true. Like, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like we can't do it without these people. And you know, it's the feeling is mutual. The love is mutual. You know, like you said, it's community. And I think Twitch is a great way to create that Scott community, especially during COVID, you know, where, we weren't able to go to shows for two and a half years. So yeah. it's a way to bring people together and hang out and three times a week. It's like, that's awesome. You know, that's really cool for us and for the people that can participate. So, so give us the breakdown of the, you do three nights a week, but they're all kind of different. So can you give us a breakdown of like what those three nights are? Yeah. So um, Tuesdays rotate. So either it's Mike and I doing see you next Tuesday where we, uh, am I allowed? I'm allowed to swear. I'm yeah. here, right? Yes. Okay, so we say that we drink cocktails and bitch. <laughs> really, we like go over weird news stories. We tell stories. We, you know, yeah. and Mike always like comes up with a really rad cocktail that you can make at home and drink along if you want. Um, and then the other Tuesdays, so that's two Tuesdays out of the month. And the other Tuesdays, Dan and I play video games. Um, actually, Dan plays video games and I um, talk shit and uh, <laughs> make up commentary <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so that's always really fun. Wednesdays, Ryan Brown, uh, our bass player, and I play music. Uh, so we take requests and uh, all that jazz. And then Sundays, I, I usually stream by myself where I just sort of 
it's like jamming like in my house so people will be like hey do you know this song and i'll be like no let me look it up and then sometimes it works and sometimes it's just a crash and burn like yesterday (laughs) i did that once or twice (laughs) but it's just sort of like a hangout like it's chill and stuff and sometimes mike does a solo stream i think ryan's doing one this week so and then we sort of switch it up and we're hoping to add more content honestly which you know (laughs) on your sunday show too you have special guests Yes, we're going to have Brian Clem on February 20th. Oh, to, uh, awesome. Come watch. So. Every, everyone loves Brian Clem. I tell, Who I, doesn't love yeah. Brian? It's hard not to. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And he's like, Too many Brian's around here, though. Jeez, little <laughs> Brian's, Brian's. Some of us are smart enough not to go by Brian. <laughs> um, you guys have shows coming up in the near future. Uh, what are the dates on those and where are they happening? March 12th and March 13th, we're playing the House of Blues of Anaheim. Um, that's with Pantheon Rococo. Um, and Sonron Pepera. Yeah. And so, I think that's the only thing we've got actually locked. With COVID, we're kind of uh, yeah. just coming out of it right now. There's a bunch of stuff in the works. We'll probably have some stuff to announce soon, but I yeah. think those are the only two dates that are actually locked. Yeah. Every, everyone's kind of like... seen Pantheon, they're absolutely amazing. They're, they are the biggest Scott band in the world. They, yeah, um, they, they sold uh, uh, 180,000 tickets for three shows. So, and that was just yeah. recently. That was like a month or two ago. Wow. So, in Mexico City. So they're outstanding. And they've been only they've only been doing it for 25 years. So they're they're pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Really good. That's awesome. We'll make sure to put the info for that in the show notes so people can check it out. And then closer to the date, of course, we'll share it online and all that fun stuff. Um, but uh, before we head out, we'll do Ska News at the end. So, But before we uh, let you guys go, if you need to, uh, we we want to do Ska Picks of the Week. Um, so, Tolino, why don't you tell us about your Ska Pick? So I picked a Pantheon Rococo song. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And what I like, their new album, Ofrenda, is really good. Like every single song on there is fantastic. I'm not just saying that because they're playing with them. I've been a fan since before then. Um, and what I love about Pantheon is they do like a lot of mixtures. So like some things will be very like, um, uh, like Latin music inspired, but then some songs, I swear it sounds like an Aquabat song. Like they're just like kind of, you know, a lot of, a lot of love for ska in that band. And then this track has uh, the singer of Monsieur Perini, which is a really amazing band from Colombia. They're not ska, but they do rad songs. And like, everybody is like a crazy good instrumentalist in that band. And like the lead singer is like gorgeous with a beautiful voice. So they did a song together, which was like really exciting. So this is my pick. All right, let's check out a clip from them. Here we go.
That's a very danceable song right there. All their music is very They also have stuff that's very Voodoo Glow Skull-esque, or they've got stuff that's 90s. I mean, they, their pits get insane at their shows. I have never <laughs> seen a pit that big in my life. It was literally like, I think what, the bottom of the House of Blues Anaheim caps like a thousand people. The whole bottom floor was a pit. I was like, what is happening? Wow. That's it's awesome. the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and they do. You should list their their covers. They do specials covers, dude. It's insane. They're it's crazy. It's crazy. They're 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 awesome. That's awesome. T Bone, why don't you tell us about your Scott pick? Um, well, I was gonna pick um Ori Scott Band's new single uh, "Wonder Neighbor." Um, I'm sure everybody knows who Ori Scott Band is, and if you don't, then you are not a ska fan, and I'm calling you out. <laughs> wow. Gauntlet thrown. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Luckily, uh, back in the Safe Ferris days, we got to go to Japan a lot. And so we kind of learned a little bit about the ska scene out there with Tokyo Ska and um, Oi Skullmates. And, you know, there's so many great ska bands out in Japan. So every time we go, we're always, you know, hooking up with our friends out there and checking out new bands and stuff. So Oi Ska Band is one of those bands that they've been around forever. Super good friends of ours. Um, love hanging out with those guys and supporting them and so this is their new single and check it out all right here we go song right there once again that rhythm section is ridiculous bass and drums on that were sick (laughs) the music video is so cute too (laughs) i haven't i I haven't heard that so dude that's really good the bass drum just locked in man that was cool yeah there was something uh towards the beginning of the song um before the first chorus really kicks in that i i don't know what i don't know what it is that's making the the like a little waka 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 like that's a guitar they're doing like a wah pedal okay but it it just sounds something even different sounded i don't know why it didn't sound like a regular wah pedal to me i'm sure they got some crazy effects going on yeah they're 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 pro yeah yeah, they're like tonight show level tonight show band level musicians i mean they're all rippers yeah it, it would like it just like sounded so different than you know, a lot of other ska. So it like drew me into that, like one little aspect that's yeah. kind of in the background to the rest of the and song. You know um, They've never had a keyboardist before and they added a keyboardist to the band. So there's mm. a lot of like extra stuff going on in on yeah. their last album that they'd never had before. There might be some stuff going on there too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mike, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? Uh, well, I was on the spot. So if, if you just <laughs> asked me what I'm listening, what I listened to today, that was, uh, I was listening to the Siren Six. Uh, and so they're haven't been a band since, uh, well, they reunited a couple, uh, a couple of years ago, but, uh, haven't really been a band since the, uh, 99, 2000. Yeah, but, I think uh, 
Yeah, they had this great record. They came out to LA and did this great record called um, The Young and Professional. And it was for, it was actually demos recorded for Capital, uh, Capital Records. So it was, they had put a lot of money into it. But anyway, this tracks, it's called Confusion uh, from that. All right, let's check it out. So uh, this is kind of interesting. So for our first episode that we ever did with a former co-host, uh, Aaron Bertram from Suburban Legends, he picked a Siren 6 song uh, as his first ska pick of the week. And I'd never heard them before. And now I just listen to them all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, they're, they're great. They're great. great and actually, what the great part about Siren 6, not that not that this means anything, but exact same configuration as Bobby Bambi. Oh, Ooh. saxophone, trombone, keyboard. Really good. Really good. Really great. Band. <laughs> awesome. Really great. Band. All right. Oh, um, so, so my Scott pick of the week is, um, well, it's from the Orange County Supertones and it's called the Orange County Supertones. So um, we'll check out that song right now. Here we go. So I picked the song especially because uh, the You're a huge out- Supertones fan. Yes, but besides, but besides that, uh, because this was actually the first. Well, the original version of this song is off the first ska album I ever bought by the Orange County Supertones. Uh, so yeah, I just thought it was fitting. And but this is a re like a remade version because uh, that they put on. I was going to say that that sounds way cleaner than any Supertones that I've ever remembered. <laughs> yes, because the on their original album, all the horns sound like kazoo's, 
Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and Look, we've all been there. They did. I ain't hating. That's just how it was. <laughs> yeah. And trust me, you will find tons of interviews with them saying the exact same thing. And it just didn't sound right. So it, because it's one of their more popular songs, they went back and recorded it for Greatest Hits. So, all right. RJ, why don't you tell us about your ska pick? Uh, my ska pick is a band that I feel, once again, I was late to the party on. Uh, once I found out about them, I found out that people have been talking about them online for a while. They're called the Skamonts. They're from Japan. And this is the B-side to their new single that just came out last week. It is called Wind Machine. All right, let's check it out. Here we go. And everyone sing. Somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. I hate the shop, it's too late. Had to bring back the joke, didn't she? Yep. She was looking kind of dumb with her face. Love it. Topical. Nice. Uh, That version is by uh, Straight No Chaser. So if you want to go look up that acapella version, Lena loves acapella groups. So. I'm making a note now. I might add that to our Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do but love acapella too. Transfer does that. Then we I, can have that. will be like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love acapella as well. But in all seriousness, here's RJ's pick. Wind Machine. Jay, be serious. Um, you only bought this album because there's a cute kitten on it, right? Oh, this the- whole seven inch series has cute kittens on the front of each one. Oh, yeah. And you know that got my attention. Smart. Yeah. I well, think that. that was cool. I feel like cool. there's a lot of, there's like a subset of Japanese ska where it's like that sort of like, I don't know. I feel like I see a lot of like 50s inspiration. Yeah. And stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Orchestral almost. It's really cool. Well, it's yeah. all Tokyo ska. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody's influenced by those guys because they've been doing it since 1984. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's yeah. you know that anybody you know it's it's the precision of the uh, Japanese musicians just so great. You know, it's like you know what Ray told us. It was he says because um, everybody lives like in Tokyo. It's like small apartments and everyone mm-hmm. lives on top of each other. So in order for you to play an instrument, there's no garage bands. Your parents have to pay for you to go somewhere and rehearse. Oh. And so. Um, you the parents are like well you have to like really be into it if i'm going to pay for you you know to go rehearse so they work hard and they you know the rehearsal is set aside there's no like shitty raj bands like here you know when you're like 14 you're like watch your mouth watch your mouth (laughs) i was that kid too there's a lot of pressure um you you know like if if the family's going to commit to you playing the saxophone there's a lot of pressure that you get good because 
like Tolina said, the family sacrificing so that you can practice that instrument. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, I'm just going to play it for six months and then put it down. It's like, no, if you if you start with something like that, there's so many ripping Japanese musicians because like Tolina said, it's it's a family sacrifice for you to do that. Yeah, yeah Ray Master Giovanni from uh, the band Spark, I guess he's Sparka on Instagram, but he actually also produced the Ska movie, um, but he yeah. w- lived in Japan for a long time and he was a translator for a bunch of uh japanese ska bands ray somebody you should talk to he's really rad but yeah he was explaining that to us because we were like dude i have yet to see a bad japanese (laughs) what's up with that bro (laughs) a lot of female drummers too yeah yeah a lot of i'm I'm glad they haven't i'm glad they haven't discovered the accordion game because you know (laughs) you have to go there and become a door-to-door salesman in tokyo oh totally yeah that's totally acceptable you heard about our lord and savior the accordion (laughs) weird al yankovic (laughs) and by the way while we've been chatting i did look the story up and yes it is 100 percent exactly same story yeah door-to-door salesman Dude, yep. that's so great. I feel like I have, like, I always felt I had a connection to Weird Al, but now he's and greater. Now, and now you know <laughs> you do. Yes. This is a true story. I actually, that that event that uh, everybody's watching this weekend with where Op Ivy reunited, a few years ago, that same event, uh, I was actually talking to Shepard Barry while he was, oh, wow. like, he was DJing, and Tim Armstrong came up, had no problem, not, not starstruck at all. Talking to Tim was great. Weird Al comes out and he's setting up his accordion to play. And I flipped out like I went, oh, oh shit, oh shit. I like I was all no 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 just no, don't say anything don't say anything don't say. Anything. I had to like sit there quietly and watch him play, dude. It was he, I still fan out about Weird Al. No no worries. Yeah yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear they're making a I think a biopic of him? Yeah. yeah Daniel Radcliffe is gonna play him. What? Yes. Yeah. I know. It's just weird. like weird. okay. Okay, I mean, I've he's seen actually it. had a very sad life. He's got success, but at the cost of like personal relationships, or at least yeah. he had to kind of leave the spotlight in order to find that. He's a he's kind of a tortured soul. That guy, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> I don't know. Could have been either one, but I did assume Weird Al. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe gets more action than T Bone Willie in 1991. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Well, we thank you all for joining us uh, this evening. We still have Ska News to do, but uh, we do want to allow you all to go. You're more than welcome to stick around, but I know Bef- you- Before we go, I want to show T-Bone this picture of me and him from 2003. Oh, oh. yes, please. Oh, oh rad. Wow. <laughs> I don't feel so bad anymore. I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> oh, there's so much going on there. I, luckily, I didn't have the blonde hair at the same, at that time. <laughs> I know, that would yeah. be weird. That was really weird. That we was uh, a blonde phase. That was Scott Summit. That was uh, early Starpool show. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's Vegas. Oliver. Oliver. Oh, Oliver's there. Yeah. Oliver's um, great. I had a picture that I can't find from Bands Tour '98 of you jumping on my back, T-Bone. Oh, okay. And for oh, the picture, I, I need and I need to dig that out. I was lucky enough to wow. find the one with Mike, but uh, the Scott Summit show that was uh, Starpool's second show we ever did. Yeah, I, I remember it was early on, but of course I was in the Midwest, you know, coming all the way out, and the internet wasn't what it was back in 2003. So I just barely knew that there was this new band called Starpool that was playing yeah. and who was in it. Yeah, I, I made remember, sure to go see you though. I remember we did that, and then um, I think the Knuckle Brothers played right before. Star Pulse. So I had to do double duty that show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I picked up a Knuckle Brothers CD at that show. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Really? No joke, man. This this true story. We all worked in the hotels over here um, around Disneyland, and when there was a ride opening one time, and uh, T Bone worked in hotels, and I worked in hotels. I didn't know T Bone at all then because he was he's he you know he was like already in an established band, and I was just this kid. Uh, and I was there with my girlfriend and my and my buddy Dan Park, who was also in my superhero with me. And we're and we're walking and see this shirt in front of us, and it says "Don't hate me because I'm ska" on the back. And I was like. <laughs> Oh shit. And I looked over at Dan and I slapped him like, that's T1 Willie right there. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. From the Knuckle Brothers. <laughs> and I flipped out. And he's like, he's all, what? Where? Knuckle Brothers? I'm like, shh, shh, quiet. It's gonna hear you. Knuckle man. Yeah, it's weird. Knuckle Knuckle Brothers, we had our own little moment of fame in the OC music scene in the early 90s. Yeah, I know, right? Fling is all air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> Well, that's when the process started to get big. Because like I said, when I first got into Sky, it was like 200 people were a big show. And then Knuckle Brothers, we got to 1,000 people, you know, for our scene, you know, in the early 90s. That was pretty good. It was like us, No Doubt, and Suburban Rhythm. Like the three of us were like the big local bands. Yeah. So, Whatever happened to Suburban Rhythm? Ed and Scott quit. You know the answer. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. It was so difficult. I recorded a song um, with Ed for an, a project he was doing just like a couple years ago. And like the whole time I, in my head, I'm like, whatever I'm like, don't say it out loud. Don't ask don't about say it. it out loud. Don't say anything. Just like, just be quiet and sing these oohs that he wants you to sing. Play it cool. Play it's it. actually yeah. cut out of the Ska movie. Uh, we were going to interview Dennis Owens for that. It was saying in Suburban Rhythm. And we ended up not getting footage that we needed, but uh, that was one of the things. I think somebody asked him that, and that I was like, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be the worst in moments like that because I'm... Um, there's this footage of Eminem standing around like on TRL with uh, Marky Mark, well, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, but he, you know... <laughs> Eminem is like, yeah, let's all stand around like in a big bunch. Like... <laughs> He's just like calling out Mark Wahlberg from Marky Mark. And, oh, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'd be that guy. And it's not, be, actually, would, I'd probably, I'd would. probably be less of a dick because I feel like that's more of, like, he was being more of a dick at that point. But, like, I would definitely bring up the thing that probably. And I would be standing there like, Matt, don't say it. Don't say it, Matt. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I do. But out of nervousness. Because it's the thing. I mean, I don't think when I go into an airport, I don't think I've ever wanted to say the word bomb more than when I'm standing in an airport. I don't know why. <laughs> like this Cinnabon is the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. So, yeah. Um, all right. I know uh, you all might have other things. If you want to stick around, we got Scott News. Uh, next but it'll take about 10 minutes uh you can hang around if you want if not uh we thank you for your time yeah thank you so much for hanging out we awesome. appreciate it we that appreciate was really it fun. that was really fun thank you guys thank yeah, you that was awesome. we love it thank you so much all right all right, yes. all right. we have to have a music video meeting now <laughs> oh, have fun <laughs> have a good time all right guys all right have a good one thanks for having us thank you yeah, so much no thank thanks you for joining Good times. Good times. Now let's get into Ska News.
Ska News. Good old Ska News. Good old fashioned Irish Ska News. <laughs> Where we tell you about uh, the latest happenings in Ska and uh, all that fun stuff. At least that we can fit in a 10 minute segment. So I'm yep. just going to warn you right now. We just got ta- done talking with Bite Me Bambi. So my brain might be all over the place. We're speed running this one. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. First up. Um, Operation Ivory reunion, in quotes, kind of, small reunion at least. Um, So this last Saturday, February 5th, Jesse Michaels and Tim Armstrong surprised uh, a group of people with a reunited performance of their own old band's classic sound system uh, at the Music Rock and Roll Carnival in L.A., um, yeah, it's a fundraising event thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Tim Armstrong and members of the Interrupters were there to back up uh, the band, the specials. Yeah, I had a couple of members, Terry Hall. I forget the other one that was there, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Jesse. It was Horace. Sorry, it was Horace Panther. <laughs> and Jesse, uh, Jesse Michaels posted on his Instagram page uh, stories. He hopped on stage to the Op IV song right before the specials went on. Um, he also posted a video of the specials, uh, wrote a dream come true. Uh, so there is a, um, a so basically there was a fundraising event and uh, Tim Armstrong with uh, some of the members of the Interrupters were there to perform with uh, the specials. And right before that, Jesse Michaels comes on. And they perform a uh, version of Sound System. Uh, there is a video footage of it. This is the best video footage I have found. So we're going to take a quick listen to part of it. And we formed a band called Operation Ivy. <laughs> and uh, we wrote this song 34 years ago. It's called Sound System. <laughs> like it was a good time uh had by all and you know what i feel bad because i do believe team bone and tolino were actually there that night uh um so we probably should have asked them about that but oh well man we talked for long enough dude yep um all right next up we have the stepdaughters uh on friday february 4th the orange county ska punk band released their debut album called the right sound uh, for right now, you can only order the album from jumpuprecords.com, available on red or white vinyl, uh, compact, compact disc CD, and cassette tapes. Uh, and you get free Stepdaughter stickers included in all orders. Uh, I was told by a member of the Stepdaughters that the album will be on streaming platforms soon. So hopefully by the end of February, right. I um, hope so, man. 
but you can order the vinyl right now. And uh, um, we will play a track uh, from the album, the one single they've put out from the album so far. Uh, it is called We Are One. And let's check it out right now. definitely excited to uh get that album um i'm excited i've seen them play live a couple times so oh lucky yeah so uh yeah so looking forward to that all right next up um rj why don't you tell us about this next one it's about the slackers why don't you tell us about it oh uh, the slackers have announced uh, they're having a new album come out i believe sometime in april uh the name of the album is and the lead single is called don't let the sunshine fool you uh everyone knows i'm a very big slackers fan mm-hmm. that's no surprise so uh, and this kind of came out a, a little bit of left field i get their newsletter i read it i love it uh i i knew they were working on something and they've been steadily releasing singles throughout the pandemic and live albums and like compilations of like crazy old yeah. uh like b-sides and stuff i did not expect a new album already to be honest uh and i'm more than delighted for it to come out and this is like i said the elite single title track don't let the sunshine fool you all right let's check it out don't let the sunlight fool you it's cold outside don't let the sunlight fool you Yeah, so uh, you can pre-order the album now on um, uh, Pirates Press Records. Or uh, from uh, the Slackers Bandcamp. Or from the Slackers Bandcamp. Yep. Um, either one is great. Um, uh, so that was their first single off the album. Uh, it's their first album in six years. And uh, uh, Yeah, geez, I guess it's been a while since the self-titled one came out. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so you can pre-order now. It will be shipped on April 1st, uh, according to the website. 
Um, yeah, so check out the Slackers' new album coming yeah, out. Soon. Always be checking out the Slackers, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, whoa. <laughs> hey more, there. More, we're going to check out more of the Slackers. Just kidding. <laughs> well, RJ, that was episode 100. I can't believe it, Matt. I've been, uh, it's like, what, 77, 76 for me? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, you, I first made that joke to you, and you're like, yeah, but without that, it wouldn't have went past 20 if you hadn't joined. Yeah, really if you hadn't joined, that. it wouldn't have gone past 20. <laughs> wouldn't made it past 20, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I appreciate that. I, I do enjoy doing this show with you, Matt, even though I think it's funny to act like I don't. Um, and, I, and I think it's funny to act like I hate Smash Mouth. Uh, but it's 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 a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm really glad you asked me on. I'm really happy, you know, that we got people like Gary and uh, Tara involved with us yes. every once in a while, too. Uh, it's It's a nice little... It's a nice little Scott like hangout, like yep. clubhouse. Yeah. And uh, thank you for building this clubhouse and allowing us to play in it, Matthew. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for what the future holds for us. Um, hopefully we can just continue to keep growing this. And um, I do want to tell you all about we're doing a giveaway. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Instagram... I mean- do, do you like ska music? Do you like physical media? <laughs> yeah. If you if you like physical media from ska artists, we've got a giveaway for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go on our Instagram page, um, by the time you actually hear this, we probably will have posted more posts. But oh, look yeah. for the post that we made on uh, Monday, February 7th, and uh, you will see a 100th episode giveaway uh you there's three things you can do to win um you well three things you do to be entered into the drawing (laughs) so you have to like and follow uh both uh on the upbeat ska and uh 23 minutes of ska you both have to like both pages on instagram to be entered and also still to be entered you have to like the post itself um, yeah. and you have to tag a friend in the comments of that particular post. So, uh, all the rules and stuff will be there, but we are giving away. So we're giving two prize packages away. Yeah. Um, giving ma- away the Matt prize pack and the RJ prize pack. <laughs> Even though most of it comes from RJ. <laughs> oh, and I was going to say, there's really no difference. Like I didn't yeah. really think that out. Like this would be more Matt music. Yeah. This would be more. I, I was just like, here, here's some like. You know, you're around long enough. You you uh, sometimes end up with doubles. Yes. So these and, are yeah. some some doubles we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly RJ and <laughs> yeah, all, all unplayed. Some even still in the shrink wrap. Some were delivered without shrink wrap. Yeah. Uh, but still unopened, unplayed. This is brand new, mint condition for y'all. Yep. For, so as a thank you for uh, you can see the full fans. you can see the full list on the site, and you have until. 9 p.m. on Thursday, uh, the 10th, the 10th uh, West Coast time. So that's 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. And, and uh, so make sure you get your entries in by then, mm-hmm. and I will do a drawing sometime Friday the next day, which, by the way... I know. Bur- aren't you going to be busy, busy <laughs> birthday boy? Well, we're not doing anything on that day. Ah. This is like our chit-chat moment now that we should have done at the Yeah, beginning. I know. Um, so my birthday is actually on February 11th, 
And so, no, we're not doing anything on my birthday day because, you know, the wife and kids have, you know, work and school and stuff. Work and school, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But oddly enough, I am going to be in your area because I'm going up to the plan is as of right now, unless I change my mind, but probably won't, is to go up to the Funko uh, shop. Up oh, in yeah, Holly- Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I'm going up to Hollywood to uh, to Funko myself. Or it's to like pop- you're just blown right by me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna pop myself, and so hopefully, um, nice. maybe maybe next episode. By next episode, we'll I'll have a little mat, a little, little baby, little Funko <laughs> mat. I was I'm kind of like up in the air about doing it because I was like. They look so gen- like it looks like a generic version of me. It's just like a big guy with a beard. Yeah, like glasses. I said, if like me, you, and Gary did Funko Pops, except for the beard, we'd all look the same. <laughs> yeah, we'd all pretty <laughs> much look the same. So yeah, but I'm kind of I kind of want that. I kind of want the box that just has me in it and it says my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like yeah, it's cool. Uh, and it's relatively inexpensive. Um, it's like 20- it's, it's more the weight I've heard than the the price. What do you mean? It's usually a wait in the morning. The oh morning. yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm gonna show up at like, I think they open at ten on a Saturday, so I'm gonna show up yeah. at like eight in the morning and sit there with my chair. <laughs> yeah, I think you should be good. Yeah, yeah. Bring, so bring some comics. <laughs> well, uh, uh, our oldest child is coming with me, and uh, oh, cool. And uh, their their sister um, is gonna be um, hanging out with us. I, nice. At least that's the plan. So hopefully that'll actually happen. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so you're gonna do the Funko Pop shop, the headquarters. Yeah. Uh, any any other stops? I think there? the the other tentative plan. We've kind of gone back and forth. Uh, first, we were going to go to like the like Hollywood and Vine area. You know, the Man's Chinese Theater and stuff like that. Um, that's more Hollywood and Highland. Hollywood and Highland, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like the Highland experience, kind yeah, of. We're gonna, there, yeah, we're gonna walk around and do stuff, and yeah. then like have lunch. Like that was the yeah, sort yeah. of like because uh, I think a couple of our kids have never seen like the Hollywood sign or anything like that. So, oh yeah, that's a good so place we just to do it. and plus you know, it's there's kind of stuff to see. You know, that's mm-hmm. on the free yeah. end. <laughs> it just yeah, like yeah, yeah. look at all this spectacle. Yeah. Um So. Uh, yeah, so that's sort of the plan. If if we, I might just go get the Funko Pop, come home and have like a special time at home. So we'll see. Yeah. We're we're kind of up in the air. About I mean, you're things. right down next to Amoeba Records. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I've never heard Amoeba Records is an amazing record. I shop. live in Orange County and have only been collecting records for a little bit. So. <laughs> Dude, they got records, CDs, movies, used, new. Okay. The place is amazing. Well, I'm gonna I haven't put been th- to the new shop. But... I'm going to put this out in the world. There are three albums that I really want to find on vinyl. Oh, and I... those real big fish records? Two of them, but then there's okay. another one. So I want to find a not super expensive copy of Turn the Radio Off by Real Big Fish. Yeah. Um, and or, or, because I'd have to probably pick one, <laughs> or Why Do They Rock So Hard? I know they yeah. both existed on vinyl at some point. Yeah. You can't really find them anywhere. But if someone has like some connection or an extra copy they accidentally ordered twice, wanted to give me or give me it, you know, I'll pay for it. But or then the other one is Charted Kingdom. Oh, wow. On vinyl. I uh, so it's been repressed like so many times. That shouldn't be too hard to find. 
Yeah. I remember I was at uh, I, w- I was at a record shop and I saw it and I was like, oh, I should get that. And then I didn't and I'm dumb. So, but uh, yeah, so um, that's my plans. Um, all right. We should probably head out because this is a long enough episode as it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us for the 100th episode. Uh, if you feel like it, please join our Patreon. Um, we greatly appreciate it. it. It'll help us do more cool things in the future. It helps pays for some behind, behind the scenes costs. Uh, you know, we use Zoom, so it helps pay for that. Um, also, um, we would like to do cooler things. We'd like to make shirts that we can sell and send you ourselves. Hopefully would be at a cheaper cost than, you know, the merch we have now, which does help us. Um, you know, the merch we have now, I'll put it in the show notes as well. But go to patreon.com slash on the upbeat ska. Two episodes a month, two bonus episodes. Um, Facebook page, uh, private access that you get. That means you get to talk to us more. Yay for you. Um, yeah. the, the occasional Zoom hangout we do. Um, $4 a month gets you all those things. And we're looking to sort of add to that in the near future. So please... Come be a part of the group. If you can't, please spread... If you can't join the Patreon, totally understandable. Please spread the word of the podcast just by sharing it and tagging us in all those cool things on social media. We greatly appreciate it. And thanks for listening. And I, um, you know, we love you. And thanks for hanging out with us all this time. And until next time... Keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at On The Upbeat Ska. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash on the upbeat ska to sign up today. And thank you for supporting On The Upbeat.